You're tuned in to the Brand Ambassador Select Podcast. Welcome to the Brand Ambassador Select Podcast. I'm your host, Lenore. This is the place where we help educate and build influence while making an impact on many lives. So don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And more info is at brandambassadorselect.com. So the popularity of podcasts continue to rise every single day. And if you've ever thought about starting your own podcast but have absolutely no idea where to begin, this is the place to be because our guest today is award-winning Hall of Fame podcaster Dave Jackson. Dave was the first person to create a podcast about podcasting and was the first person to start a website to help people launch successful podcasts. He helps others find their voice and audience. Dave Jackson, welcome to the Brand Ambassador Select Podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. What sparked your curiosity to become a podcaster? We're going to go all the way back to day one. Yeah, day one was fun. Uh, This is back in 2005 for me. And so I'm going to date myself. This is when a friend of mine came back from a marketing kind of convention and said, hey, you know how you missed the MySpace boat, which I did. And uh, he said, I just heard what the the next big thing is going to be. And I'm like, great, what is it? And he goes, podcasting. And I, I actually Googled podcasting and I thought I broke the internet because there was one and a half pages. That was it. And like, if you Google it now, it's like, you know, a gazillion results. And I was like, hmm. And so I kind of through those one and a half pages, figured out how to put one together. But the thing that really, I was like, oh, I'm so planning my flag. I was doing a, a newsletter for musicians at the time. And I took that same content and put it out as a podcast. And my very first piece of voicemail came from a guy in Nuremberg, Germany. Now I'm in the middle of no town, Ohio, just <laughs> being the cows. And all of a sudden I get this, hello, Dave, this is Michael Van Laar from my, uh, from Nuremberg, Germany. And I was like, wait, what? Who? Somebody on the, yeah, somebody on the other side of the planet not only found my podcast, because back then you had to be a giant nerd to listen. He actually liked it. And I just went, oh, this is, you know, it uh, is creative. It's kind of geeky and I can help people. That scratches every itch I have. And I just planted my flag. And that's when I was like, all right, this is this is going to change the world. And it, it has. Now, your podcast is, you you have extremely expanded from where you just started with, you know, all the music and stuff. Now you're just really trying to educate others on how to start a podcast. So if I asked you the question, what is the first step on trying to produce and or start a podcast? It has to be two things. Number one, the, the most successful people truly know who they're talking to. You have to know who your audience is, And the second thing you have to know is, is why? Because I've seen people that will start a podcast and they're just interviewing other entrepreneurs because, well, that's what everybody else is doing, so I'll do that. And then I said like, okay, so how's your podcast going? And he said, yeah, it's not really driving any content to my wife's real estate business. And I go, so why are we interviewing entrepreneurs? And it was like, well, that's what he's doing. And I said, no, let's do a hyper local show Let's talk about all the confusing things about buying and selling a house because that's the people that would listen to that podcast are the people that are going to buy and sell their house. So you really have to know who you're talking to and why. And if your why is, "Mm, I don't know, sounds fun, don't do it. Uh, If your why is, I want to quit my job in six weeks, don't do it. That's just not going to work. But those are those are the two biggies I always tell people. Let's let's start there. How important is your branding when at the beginning of your podcast and even every other time as you go forward it's huge because we all have the you know attention span of an autistic puppy at this point uh and 
if you think about it, I see so many people, I just did an episode on this where, because this is what everybody else does, they'll pull a clip out of the middle of an interview and put it at the beginning. And that really should be A, really short, B, need no setup, and C, make me wanna hear more. But instead, often what it is, is it sounds like I'm walking into the middle of a conversation because um, I'm walking into the middle of a conversation. And I said, you know, if you know your audience, instead of trying to be clever and find a clip, why not just say, hey, today on the show, I have somebody who's getting paid thousands of dollars every episode, and he's gonna share how he creates his content and why it's so engaging. That would make me wanna listen a whole lot more than a clip of Adam Curry from the No Agenda Show going, <laughs> I don't know, I think, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, eh. So uh, it's, it's really, really important. And so many people, don't introduce the show. So I don't know if this is the show for me. They don't introduce the episode. And my favorite is if you have the round table and they go, hey, and join me is, you know, George. And George is like, hey, and then in Susie, oh, where's my orange crush? And everybody's got all these inside jokes. And I'm like, this is your first three minutes. And nobody gets on a bus if they don't know where it's going and your, your audience is completely just confused. So yeah, get your branding, get it focused and explain how they're gonna benefit and people stick around. And not even that with like the first couple minutes, like the whole time, sometimes individuals don't stay on track or stay on topic. So what is some of your advice for those people? I always, what I do is if I'm doing an interview, well, first of all, know what you're gonna talk about. So I, there are times my record, I believe is four, cause I'm like, well, I'm. I'm Mr. Joe Podcaster, I know what I'm doing. It's all up here in the in my noggin and I hit record and all of a sudden I'm on tangent number one and tangent mm -hmm. number two. And so I recorded again, I'm like, hey, don't no tangents this time. And finally, after the third time, I was like, how about we write down some bullet points? Because sometimes if you're like me, I'm a little ADD, you, you gotta stay focused. And so if it's uh, an interview show, I always write out some questions and I kind of call that almost like my roadmap but the biggest thing is the first question, I get them going right to the meat and potatoes. I don't really wanna know your story. Why? Because I don't care. <laughs> Why? Because you haven't delivered any value yet. Now, once you you deliver value, and I'm like, holy cow, that is, a, I can't wait to try that. Now I wanna go back to your backstory and go, where did this guy come from? Where did she come from that she has all this great information? So I think that's part of it, but it's, the other beautiful thing is, it's not live radio you can edit it out all you want. When I do interviews, yeah. I am horrible at engaging my mouth before I figured out what I'm gonna ask. So a typical question from Dave Jackson would be like, so what you're saying is like the thing, when did you know you wanted to do that? So all that, I sound brilliant when I'm done, but the, the live recording is horrendous. So that's the beautiful thing. I, I know some people are like, oh, I wanna keep it real. I, you know, I don't do any editing. And I'm like, so let me get this straight. There's there's book editing, television show editing, movie editors, newspaper editors, magazine editors, mm -hmm. but everything out of your mouth is absolutely perfect and cannot be improved at all. So I'm a big fan of editing. I, I like to sound as good as I can get. And you even just basically sounded like do your homework. Like just don't just pop the camera up or pop the mic up and just say, okay, well today I'm gonna to talk about insert topic and then that's where all the rambling goes on and then you have an hour's worth of audio that you could, what are gonna cut down to 20 minutes because you didn't get your point across at the beginning. Absolutely, you've gotta know, again, it goes back to who am I talking to? Cause if let's say I'm doing a show about guitars and if I just do a show about 
hey, let's just talk about guitars because guitars are fun. They got six strings and I play one, great. But can you see if I'm doing a show for the person that's just starting out is gonna be completely different than the one where I'm showing you how to shred your face off. Those are two different audiences. And if you try to be everything to everybody, Mm -mm. The key of podcasting a lot of times is to know, again, who your audience is, kind of niche down to that. And I had a client of mine that she had a son who was pretty high on the autism spectrum, but she loved Disney. So she did a show called Special Mouse. It was all about taking people with special needs to Disney. She never had a gazillion downloads. In fact, it, it was it was okay numbers, but no, nothing like you would need for an average sponsor. But what she did find was a person in Florida who specialized in, you guessed it, uh, transporting people with special needs. So she had that guy's target audience and that guy became a sponsor. So by having a clear idea of who you're talking to, you can stay focused on that. I think about it all the time. If I'm coming up with a topic and I'm like, okay, is Ken Blanchard gonna like this? Okay, what about Kim Kraji? Cause I know some of my listeners and I can kind of go through and kind of check off, yep, yep, yep. And I realized that there's always gonna be one person that's gonna maybe not enjoyed as much of everybody else, but uh, I kind of go through the checklist and say, yeah, this is this is gonna work. So when a business or a corporation wants to create a podcast, what are the top three reasons why they should? Because as you said, you can reach your audience, you can you know, eventually create some revenue in there, and if you do all of your homework. Yeah, the biggest thing is customer loyalty. Like Trader Joe's does a podcast and it's not about like fruits and vegetables because they're all about, you know, uh, being energy efficient and things like that. And what it does is like they did one episode on how they swapped out their freezer section, which to me, I go, mm, boy, I can't wait to hear that. <laughs> right. But to the target audience, that's like, yes, it's going to be more energy efficient and they're they're putting their money where their mouth is. You know, John Deere does a podcast and they did a, a couple episodes and it, it turns out that farmers are committing suicide almost as much as like military people because they're getting squeezed by these giant corporations and so they did a whole thing on like mental I don't know strength I guess or just the mental game of farming it's not all about tractors because uh, healthy farmers buy tractors but if you commit suicide you're not buying any tractors so it's all about how to run a successful farm all the time, you know, brought to you by your friends at John Deere. So it doesn't have to be a giant commercial. And the, the beauty of it is you then open up a dialogue with your audience. I know a few podcasters that have actually created products that were not originally what they planned on doing, but they kind of jumped into their, their uh, niche and they found out that, wow, my audience really wants to do blank. So they created a product to help them do that. So you open up that dialogue with your customers, you keep the ones that you already have, and you end up making a better product. When you do start out, you have a couple different options on how the format should be. You can either do one when you have a bunch of other people here and you can just do chitter chatter, or two, it could be an interview style. Do you have an opinion on what works best? I do both. I always say if you do an interview show, you grow your, uh, your network. So I know a bunch of people through the years that I've got to interview, but when you do a solo show, you're now building your influence. Because when I do a solo show, I don't start off like every YouTuber and say, hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in. I go, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so glad you're here. I talk to one person when I do a solo show. And consequently, when I go to different events and I meet some of my audience, they uh, I'll hear people over and over say, I, I kind of feel like you're talking to me. Like when I listen to your show and I'm like, that's because I am. And so that's kind of the thing. So many people get, 
kind of um, stuck with. Should it be, you know, a round table? Should it be a solo show? Should I do kind of a narrative style NPR thing? And I'm like, it's your podcast. You can do whatever you want. And if you do something that they don't like, they will let you know. Not not in a very kind of YouTube trolly kind of way where they start, you know, saying nasty things about your mother, but more like, hey, did you know, like, that's really annoying. Like, I remember once I had a little jingle made and I was telling my audience, hey, if you're new, just listen three, give me three episodes and I'll grow on you like mold, basically. And I had this jingle and they're like, one, two, three. And then I would say something and then one, two, three. And I had three people from my audience go, that is the most annoying thing I've ever heard. Please don't play that again. And I was like, thank you so much. So they'll let you know if uh, something's uh, not working, which is great because they want you to succeed. Yeah, it's nice when the audience is able to actually give you um, feedback that you're like, well, no one, if no one ever told me, how would I even know? Because sometimes you think that what you're doing is correct or you think what you're doing is actually resonating. But then your audience is like, no, hello, like, reel it back well, in. And that's, we're starting to see where shows that will go and record like 10 episodes just to launch actually don't do as well that launch that shows that launch with maybe one episode hmm. because at the end of that first episode like we hope you like this if you have any questions go to my website.com contact and let us know what you'd like to hear in the future and so the episodes as they go by the time they get to episode 10 hopefully they've gotten some feedback and their show is better we're if at episode four, the person that launched with 10 and they go, hey, I really hate the lightning round. And you go, mm, bummer. We got six more episodes with the lightning round. So just wait till episode 11 and we'll kill it. So sometimes I, I understand you want to launch with a bunch so people can get really engaged in your content, but you got to make sure that content's really good. So what are some other mistakes that people have asked you or that have come to you with like, I didn't realize that I was doing this that they're doing when they're making their podcast? Oh, the one that, that kills me, I just go, oh, please don't do that. Your headlines, or better known as the title of your episode, huge. I, I preach this all the time, and I see people that will, let's say I started a podcast called The Dave Jackson Hour, and then they'll, they'll name the episode The Dave Jackson Hour, and then the next episode is called The Dave Jackson Hour, and then the next episode, you get it, and then somebody shares it, and they go, you got to listen to this podcast, and you're like, and they go to your website, and it's like, which one? The and Dave so, Jackson right, Hour, duh. Yeah, Dave Jackson Hour, yeah. And or they'll say like episode 16 and then blah 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 and it cuts off like the really good keyword. So I'm like, nobody is Googling episode 16. No, like, you need the topic. SEOs and the keywords to go in there for people to yeah, find out the topic. Yeah, I always say if you have to put the episode in, put it at the end. But Apple now actually has a field that you can put that in. But we're all, I don't know if it's an ego thing that we're like, oh, I'm up to, you know, episode 77 or what. But I, I see that a lot. But I've, I've seen people triple their downloads just by changing from episode 16, episode 17. You know, and a lot of those are daily shows. And it's like news or something like, well, then find the best news story that you covered. Let's say you covered four things. Mm -hmm. Which one of those is going to really resonate with, you guessed it, your audience, which you now know and put that as the title and get them to click. If you think about uh, radio or TV, when you turn those on, something happens. When you start a podcast app, all you see is a list of headlines. And the better the headline, the better the chance they're going to click on yours before the one that says episode 12. Yeah, it's all about the way that you market yourself because the headline is is the marketing tool. Yeah. If it doesn't grab the if it doesn't grab a listener in then no one's listening. Yeah. At well, all. The other, the other 
The other thing I hear all the time, and I just go, oh, it's one of those things like history. It gets repeated so much people think it's true. Please rate and review me. It helps us get found. No, it doesn't. It's social proof, but it does nothing to your rankings in that. And the other thing is, if you get outside of the U.S., 70% of the world is using an Android phone. Mm. And all people talk about is Apple, 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 Apple. And if you try to go to an Apple link on an Android device, it's not the greatest thing. A better thing to do is to promote your website where they can subscribe in Apple and Google and Spotify and anything else. Plus, it reinforces your brand. So I see that a lot because they just think if I could be top in Apple. Um, I work for a company called Libsyn. We had a show on the front page, the very front page of uh, Apple iTunes. I thought, man, we're going to get like 10,000 downloads a day. I mean, you opened up Apple and boom, there we were. Right there. Yeah. After like a week or so, it was maybe a couple thousand downloads, maybe. It wasn't anything. You you thought it was going to be this fire hose. So I always tell people, don't focus on Apple. Don't focus. Well, I mean, obviously be listed there. Uh, don't focus on your stats. Focus on your audience. Because if you focus on your audience, the stats and the chart toppings will come because you're popular. Where do you suggest people to put their podcast? Do you suggest on all the different platforms uh, overall? Because sometimes I I know that it's the, well, if I put myself out there too much, is it going to oversaturate the the listeners? Is it going to oversaturate the market? But is that not the case? No, think of it this way. Uh, Picture 10 people around a, a board meeting and they're all just waiting for the CEO to walk in. The CEO walks in and goes, man, I was just listening to this awesome podcast called the Dave Jackson Hour. Um, And they're all going to pull out their phones. And some people are going to go to Apple. Some people are going to go to Spotify. Some people are going to go to Google. Some people are going to go to Overcast. But they're all going to. So you want to be there. You don't want to go, oh, I don't know. I use Stitcher. I can't. What's it called? How do you spell Jackson? I don't know. I don't see it. You just want to be everywhere. It's kind of I always use the analogy of a, a kid at Halloween. He doesn't go to like, well, which house are you going to go you know, there's, there's seven houses here with their lights on. Which one are you going to go to? Well, their idea is I want more candy. So I'm going to hit all seven. And for me as a podcaster, I want more listeners. So I'm going to list myself anywhere somebody listens to podcasts. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Like you said, if they don't have the app and you want to be on the app that somebody else has, you're you're losing some audience. Yeah. You never know who's listening. I host a local Northeast Ohio podcasters meetup and we've never had more than 10 people. But one of those 10 got me on TV. Wow. So it takes like four seconds to list yourself in a lot of these apps. So I always kind of, when people go, oh, should I list myself in Deezer? And they're like, "Mm, not really sure. And I'm like, you do know that's Pandora for Europe, right? Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. It takes four seconds, three mouse clicks to submit yourself. So why not? So over the past few months, a lot of a lot of media has all, you know, been online and a lot of more podcasting. How have you seen the evolution over the years and even in this short period of time? The evolution, it, it just keeps going up. That's the beauty of it. Right now, things got a little wonky with uh, the whole COVID talk because obviously sports shows, nobody's thinking about sports as much right now because there aren't any. But on the other hand, kids shows, kids and family, people like, hey, uh, woman in the tube from Amazon, uh, you know, why don't you entertain my kids for a second with a podcast? 
and religious podcast went through the roof, I think, because we're all thinking it's the end of times. I don't know what the deal is. But we we all doing. need some help, so we'll take it from any angle that we, we <laughs> yeah. can. Yeah. So it's it just about every year it goes up three to five uh, percent. I think uh, last year we went up seven percent. We had a pretty big bump and we all want that hockey stick growth. We just wanted to go through the roof, but it keeps going up more and more and more. And we're already more popular in the car than satellite radio. So we've already overtaken them. We still have a ways to go on like FM radio and things like that, but it just keeps going up and up and up. And sometimes people get worried about that because I know we're over now. I think there's over a million uh, active podcasts. Mm -hmm. And I always go, you know what? But every year there's a new diet book. There's a new, you know, every January we go through some sort of health and fitness thing. And so people are still writing books about how to, you know, lose weight, you know, every night, either a president or a prime minister or somebody will do something and multiple channels, you know, five, 10 channels. will talk about that each from their own perspective. So just by being you, you have your own perspective. So your podcast is going to be different. Well, you just hit, you just hit me right there in the gut. Cause I'm the one that's just like, Oh, there's a new fad. Let me click on it. Oh, like there's a new one. <laughs> let, let me click on it. So I'm the epitome of the one that's like, Hmm, let me try it out. Cause you know, you do never know. So you do have a book coming out. It's called Profit From Your Podcast. Tell us all about it. Yeah, it's something that I actually originally wrote this book back in 2012, and it was called More Podcast Money. And as you imagine, it's kind of based on the internet, so it gets outdated pretty quick. And just about the time I started to rewrite it, because it, there's a, a very popular service right now called Patreon. It wasn't even in the book because it didn't exist. And I started to rewrite it, and I got approached by a publisher who found me because of my podcast and they said, Hey, would you ever want to write a book about making money with your podcast? And I'm like, well, funny, you should ask. I'm halfway through this. And they just changed the name, but I actually went through and I studied a lot of people that are doing podcasting, right. And they're making money. And I also interviewed a lot of people, especially because Patreon and crowdfunding was kind of new. I interviewed quite a few people that are just making insane amounts of money uh, that way. Cause not everybody, not everything lends to a sponsor. And so it goes over all the different ways from, you know, selling your own stuff is actually the best way. So many people want to jump in on ads, but if you sell your own stuff, you'll actually make more money because people know, like, and trust you. You've earned their trust. And when you say, hey, I've got this new book, I've got this new course, whatever, that'll go gangbusters. There are some people that are just killing it through affiliate marketing. And I basically go through all the tips and steps of, of each kind of practice and like I said, there's a, a fairly heavy emphasis on crowdfunding in this one. And the big thing I point out there is it is called crowdfunding, not fund crowding, because everybody <laughs> was like, they start off, they're on episode two and they're spending three hours trying to come up with the best Patreon levels. And I'm like, maybe we should work on getting an audience first because uh, the thing that nobody wants to hear is about if you're doing like great, you're going to get 3% of your audience to kind of join in and do this extra part where they're going to pay. And people are like, well, no, no, you, you mean like 50%? I'm like, nope. And they're like 20, nope, 10, nope. I'm like three, three to five. If you're doing 5%, you're a God. And so that's where I always tell people, if you're going to do this and want to quit your day job in six weeks, it's just not going to happen. And what's weird is I noticed something in a couple different books. Like there's a great book called Beyond Powerful Radio. Uh, by Valerie Geller and she talks about how long does it take to make an audience? How long does it take for your hmm. typical radio person to build an audience? And the answer was three years. And then I went to, I go to podcast events back when we could have them. 
And I always go to the monetization ones and somebody was on stage and somebody said, how long did it take you to really start making a dent? And he said, hmm, about three years. And just like last week, I was listening to uh, content creators or something like that. Guy's got this six figure blog. How long did it take him to really make three years? And I'm like, nobody wants to hear that. They want to hear three months. And I'm like, hmm, you know, but uh, so the book is, is, realistic it's not one of these like if you have passion and follow your dreams it's like no here's some steps here are the things that will actually work it just you gotta start off by a making content that's so good your audience wants to share it with other people and that starts by knowing who your audience is and you're also helping others off via your website a school you do have like courses and things that people can sign up for in order to learn correct yeah that's been going since 2005 and so that is just it's kind of three different things it's your step-by-step -step tutorial so if you're like i don't know anything about building a website here's you know here's this i don't know what equipment i need here's a course the biggest one there again as you might imagine is planning your podcast which goes through really defining what we talked about at the beginning who are you talking to and why are you doing this so there's that i do live group classes basically group coaching you know, in the early days, I'd have somebody they're like, I'm trying to do this. I just want to throw my laptop out the window. My background's in teaching. I actually taught in the corporate world for, for decades, a lot of Microsoft Office and QuickBooks and customer service. And so I just have these group coaching sessions where if you have a question on anything, I, we kind of stick with the school theme. We call it office hours. So we do that. Uh, and then I have a private Facebook group. So you can kind of network. I'm just getting ready to, to launch a new podcast. So I put up like, hey, here's three different versions of my artwork. Which one do you like? And we kind of all kind of chime in like, oh, here's a cool story about podcasting. And one of my members just got featured in some magazine in London, which is really cool. So wow. yeah, it's a really great network. So between the the courses, the coaching and the community, it's a, it's a really cool place. I love the fact that you use the community because as much as people can like network and be a group, a community makes me feel like it's more social and more compassionate and people actually kind of care and want to be there to help one another. Oh, absolutely. It's not a case of if I share my secret, like they're going to use it. It's, we're all very much from a, a mentality of abundance. It's like, no, no, this worked for me. Here, do this. Uh, there's a, a a friend of mine, his name is Glenn Hebert. He does the Horse Radio Network. And he had a really great strategy. I talk about him in the book where he went to the biggest horse convention or whatever it is and said, hey, I want to be the official uh, podcast of this event. All I need is a booth. Like I will get myself there. I'll pay for my hotel. I just got to be there. So they're like, okay. So he got there and he interviewed all the speakers that were speaking at this event, thus building his network. And then he went to all the sponsors and interviewed them. They could do like this little snippet of what their products are. And all the sponsors went, wait, you you do a what? What's a podcast? How much would it cost to, uh, to sponsor that thing? So he picked up a whole bunch of sponsors from that. And just that little, plus, of course, he's in front of all these people, his target audience. And so I've had a few members that we just now just called, oh, I Glenn the Geek did. And that's where you reach out to a, whatever it is in your little niche and you go to the biggest event, say, hey, I want to be the official podcast of this event. All I need is a booth. So it's all sorts of strategies and things like that that we share. And nobody's like, oh, well, I don't want them to be more popular than me. And even if it was a podcast about podcasting, some of my best friends are my competition because if this was radio and we were all on Monday through Friday at 730, 
then they'd be my competition. But you can listen to me on Monday. You can listen to Daniel J. Lewis from the Audacity of the Podcast on Tuesday. You can listen to Ray Ortega on Wednesday, et cetera, et cetera. So I've, I've never really bought into competition in podcasting. So if you are inspired to start a podcast, so you want to learn, Dave, you are the guy. Dave Jackson is the guy to reach out to. You can head to schoolpodcasting.com. You can follow on socials, Facebook and Instagram at School Podcasting and on Twitter at Dave Jackson. Dave, thanks for joining us today. And before you leave, some last minute advice for anybody who is trying to pursue their dreams of creating a podcast. Yeah, the thing is don't overthink it because no matter what you do, when you get done with episode one and you're like, all right, by the time you get to episode 10, you're going to look back and go, it's just, that's just the way it is. The first time you shoot a basketball, it's not very good. The first time you go to tie your shoes and you're just going to get better. So I always tell people, it's a great quote from uh, Zig Ziglar. You don't have to be great to start, but you do have to start to be great. And nobody's going to punch you in the face. If it's not any good, you can always take it down. It's, it's not radio, so you can edit it out. You'll never sound stupid and just get out there and start. Well, Dave, thanks again for joining us on another episode of the Brand Ambassador Select podcast. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss. And more at brandambassadorselect.com. I'm your host, Lenore, and we will see you next time.